Great to see you all tonight. Amen. Amen. And I'm excited about the Holy Spirit Fire Conference. I'm excited about the Word of God. Can you say amen? Man, the Word of God is our lifeline. The Word of God is our, it's our manual to life. It tells us everything we need to know. How to live, how not to live. <laughs> tells us how to be in relationship with God. Tells us how to live a married life. Tells us how to raise our children. Tells us how to run our businesses. Can you say amen? Can you guys just drop me a little bit? It's a little loud over here on the stage. I don't know what's going on. Just a little bit, of, just a little bit down because if I get loud, it's going to go pop. Okay? And we don't want anything to go pop tonight. Amen. All right. I'm, my message this evening is entitled, where the, present, where the Presence of God Is. Where the Presence of God Is. It is so important in our lives that we are in a place where in, in some way we enter into the presence of God. In our personal lives, in our worship, in our personal intimate worship at home, it is wonderful if you can enter into the presence of God at your house. Can you say amen? One of the most amazing things about my, my journey with God has been those moments where I've entered into His presence. It's amazing because Sometimes you experience or you feel the presence and sometimes you don't feel the presence. But when you do, it's wonderful. And many times when you are someone that pursues God, when you become desperate, when you want more of God and you go and you pursue Him, sometimes it feels like nothing's happening for weeks and then all of a sudden there's just this change that takes place. What's amazing about it is once that change takes place, once you encounter the presence or the person of God in, the, in a physical dimension where you actually encounter Him, it is one of the most life-changing things because it never really leaves you. You will always have that. Your spirit never forgets it. Are you with me? Many people that I know that have had almost like very tangible visitations spiritual visitations. It's amazing when you talk to them years later, once they've had that encounter. You know, like my parents had an encounter when they were younger. It's a long story, but my mom and my, they were having an argument and my, they were in the garden. And all of a sudden, this light came from just, just, just came above both of them. And they both had to fall down on their faces. They couldn't stay on their feet, both of them. So it wasn't just one of them, it was both of them. And my dad wasn't saved at the time. My mom had gotten saved. I think I'm getting the story right. And, and, and at that moment, he was sort of planning to, to leave that day. He was going to leave or something to that effect. But when they fell on their faces, all they could say was they were just in awe of God. It was just we worship you, God, or, you know, something to that effect that they were just crying out to the Lord because of his presence that was on them. And, you know, when you talk to them about it now, sometimes it's almost hard to believe that they had that experience, that encounter. But they said that it's something they can never forget. But it seems like it's impossible. Are you with me? Now, that's a very special, unique situation. But you can encounter God in so many different ways. One thing that's so important is that as a believer, you should always be pursuing His presence. 
you should always be pursuing His presence. And the reason why is because God's presence represents very much of who He is. And in His presence, you will discover who He is. I've taught you about His nature. I've taught you about His character, His names. I've taught you about that, that His names represent who He is. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. Are you with me? You know, all the different names of God that describe who He is. In His presence, you encounter Him. And it's like He reveals it to you in a supernatural way. It's very powerful. Very hard to articulate, to be very honest with you. Now, you must understand, Psalm 139 verse 7 says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings in the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, you are there. Are you with me? You must understand that God's presence is everywhere, but He doesn't manifest His presence everywhere. He doesn't manifest His Spirit everywhere. He's everywhere, but in the Old Testament times, He would be in the secret, He would be in the, in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies. Are you with me? Today, God's presence is on the earth, but His manifest presence is not everywhere. And it's important that you are in a place where His presence is. The problem is that many Christians today don't even recognize the presence of God. And if you don't recognize the presence, you can never really experience His power. God's presence represents many times the supernatural aspect of who He is. No presence, no power. No power, no breakthrough. No breakthrough, no miracles. How many of you believe that God is a miracle-working God still today? Paul understood that the power of God, that the presence of God was so important that it superseded his knowledge, and he was very knowledgeable. He understood that in order to change lives, his message would have to change. And he would have to bring something more than just words when he preached. So he tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, verse number 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. In other words, I didn't come preaching great things with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring the testimony of God. He, he says, listen, I didn't come giving you just a normal message. Even just trying to teach you something. I didn't come just trying to teach you something. He says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in, watch this, demonstration of the Spirit and power. He says, He says that when He came, he didn't come to, to preach just nice words or to teach you something. What he did was when he would come and he knew that the only way to convert or to really bring change and transformation to people was to come and demonstrate the Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and power. So both those things which 
clearly represent if the Spirit is moving, you must know His presence is present. The Spirit and power, where the presence of God is, the power of God will be present. No presence, no power. Man, you, you, you know this though. I know that. That's okay. All right. Verse number five. Now watch. He says that your faith, your faith, should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men. In other words, great teachings, great theologies, great fancy doctrines, but rather it should be when you see the presence and the power of God manifest, that's where you should put your faith. Obviously, it must be in line with the Word. He would never say that you shouldn't do that. But you must understand what he's saying is it's not good teachings that will change you. It's the presence and the power of the Spirit of God that will bring true transformation and true change. This is not a priority to too many Christians. Too many believers today, this is not priority to them. They don't feel that they even need to go to a church where the presence of God is. Or they'll go to a church on Saturday night where the presence of God is and somewhere where it isn't on Sunday morning. But who wants to see the presence of God and the power of God manifest in their lives? Let me tell you, the time is short, guys. Many people set themselves up for trouble by not recognizing the presence of God. I'm not saying they're not saved. They just never experienced the supernatural. They never experience the presence and power of God, that transformation that takes place when you enter into His presence. His presence fills the room and your heart literally breaks. And you don't even understand that I spoke to a friend, well, my best friend when I was in South Africa. He phoned me on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. He phoned me and he said, Al, he said, he said Al, he said, I gave my life to Jesus. He said, I gave my life to Jesus, Al. He said, I don't know what happened. I went into church. He said, and when I was there, I just began to weep. He said, I don't know why. I just began to weep. Why? I'll tell you why. Because of the presence of God. Because the presence of God was in that place. And something was happening on the inside of him. And he didn't even know what it was. But something was stirring on the inside of him. He said to me, my life is completely changed. He said, buddy, he said, when are you coming to South Africa? You have to baptize me. That's what he said. I said, buddy, you, you can't wait till I come to South Africa. You got to get baptized now. You got to get in that water now, my boy. That's how we speak to each other, just so you know. I said, hey, my boy, how are you doing? He says, hey, my boy. That's how we talk, okay? Back in the day, just, <laughs> all right. He said to me, he said, he said to me, my heart, he said, he said, oh, I don't care about anything else. He said, all I want to do is serve the Lord. He said, I went to Little Falls on Saturday night because my daughter's, my daughter's best friend was getting baptized. He said, and while I was there, Pastor Harold spoke about the Daniel fast. He said, oh, I'm on the Daniel fast. He said, I'm on the Daniel fast. I'm eating vegetables and fruit and drinking water. He said, I just want to serve the Lord. And I couldn't even talk. I began to weep. And I began to weep while I was on the phone with him. And then he began to weep. Why? Because of the presence of God. That's an encounter with Jesus, my friend. 
When you encounter Him for real, you are never the same again. You can never be the same when you have an encounter. You see, the Bible teaches us that we don't, people didn't always recognize. Watch this. Genesis 28 verse 16. Jacob has a dream. In the dream, he sees angels ascending and descending. He has an encounter with the Lord in this dream. He wakes up. Then Jacob awoke. Genesis 28, 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. Watch this. And I didn't know it. Or I did not know it. You see, he didn't recognize the presence of God. And the reason why was because in his theology, it could only be in a specific place. In his mind, it had to be in a specific way. But in this place, the presence of God could not be. Many times because of theology or because of doctrine, we think that God can't do something. You have to be able to recognize His presence. You have to be able to be in a place. And when you're in that place, value that place. Value the presence of God because it's a precious thing. It's a holy thing. It's a life-changing thing. Jacob says, he says, he says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. Look at what he says. Once he recognizes that the presence of God is actually in that place, he says this. He says, how awesome is this place. You must never, ever take for granted when you are in a place where the presence of God is, when you have people in your life that carry the presence of God. You see, the presence of God can be like in a place, like in a church, but it's also on the life of an individual. When you have someone in your life that carries the presence of God, never take them for granted. Value the friendship, value the relationship, value it because it's a precious thing to have around you. Are you with me, guys? Let me tell you something. Every time I get around someone that I can see walks in the presence, has relationship with God, I just want to get around them. I just want to spend more time with them. I want them to speak more into my life. I want to hear what they think about different things. And the one thing I often do is say, here's my head. Put your hands on this head. Pray for this head. Can you say amen? I've been at conferences, let me tell you, where I recognize the presence of God on someone and I'll go to the front. I even did it at the prayer breakfast. What was his name? Jonathan Kahn was preaching. Oh yes. Oh yes. Just a few years ago, he was standing on the platform in Vero Beach down at the ocean. And while he was preaching, there was power. There was presence in that place and everybody was watching. And Pastor Alex was saying, I gotta get to the front of the building. I gotta get to the front. I gotta get near that presence. He's gotta put his hand on my head. I need what he has, what he's carrying, that word that he's prophesied. I have to receive from him. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. He says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took a stone that he had put at his head and set it as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, the house of God. That's what it means. But the name of that city had been Luz previously. 
he understood that what had taken place was precious, that what had taken place was valuable. So he even built a memorial because he recognized how special it was that God had visited him in that place. Are you with me? If you study Scripture, most of you know the story on the road to Manaus. Two men, after Jesus rose, were walking on the road to Manaus, and suddenly a stranger walks up to them and begins to talk to them about what's going on in the city and asks why they're so down. What they didn't understand is that the person that was with them was Jesus. But they were one of the, they were one of the disciples that followed him, that traveled with him. But now they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize that the manifest presence of God was with them. They couldn't see it. They didn't recognize it. And suddenly, as they entered into a place where they decided to dine together, the Bible says, they began to, Jesus began to share with them. And he, the Bible says, He opened their eyes. He opened their eyes and suddenly they could see who He was. They recognized who He was. But they made this statement. They said, did our hearts not burn inside us as He opened up the Scriptures to us? Let me tell you something. Without the Spirit, without the presence of God, the Scriptures will never open up to you. You will never have true understanding. You will never have true revelation. You see, you can talk about spiritual things, but until the Spirit Himself begins to open your eyes, you will never understand it. It says this. It says afterwards, it says, And they believed. Their faith was so high, they couldn't wait to go tell the disciples that they had seen Him and they knew He had risen. Until you experience the presence of God, your faith is, it's more of a struggle. That's why I said last year, when I shared with you about what we're going to do as a church this year, it's back to the things that are most important to us. And not only that, but we want more of it. And the top of the list is His presence. That's my desire. More of His presence. More of His presence in my secret place at home. More of His presence in worship more of His presence in the, in the sermons when I speak. Listen, you can speak, and then when there's times you speak, my friend, and the presence is moving, you, you just can look over the audience and you can see that something's happening. Something's not the same. Amen. Amen. Are you all still saved this, this evening? We'll find out about, we'll t we come tomorrow, we'll find out if you're saved or not. Amen. All right. People don't recognize often when God is moving in a city, when God is moving in a region, in a church, in an individual, they just don't recognize it. <laughs> and many times when someone's not used to it, they reject it. 
because they reject what they don't understand. That's why as a church, if we, have, if we are blessed enough to, to have and to know His presence, we must steward it with wisdom. So when someone enters in for the first time, they are not scared away by our weirdness. Don't get mad at me. It's the truth. When we experience spiritual things, often we think that because now we're spiritual, we can, we can act out. No, there are times you will act out. That's fine. But let it be the Holy Spirit and not you. That's why Paul says, listen, all the gifts, tongue, clanging symbols, all this stuff, he said, the most important thing is love. And if we really love, we'll steward his presence with a lot of wisdom. And just because you have entered into another level of his grace, you should never, ever use it against somebody. You are fortunate that you have experienced that dimension in your life. God wants in this hour, every single believer to know his presence. Now, let's begin the sermon. <laughs> you think I'm joking? Let's go to 2 Kings 4, number 8. 2 Kings 4, number 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman. In other words, she had some money. And she persuaded him to eat some food. And so it was. As often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, watch this now. Look now, I know that is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. This woman saw the prophet coming. And the prophet represents his presence, okay? And you must understand that she saw him come. And when she saw him come, she said to her husband, listen, I see something. I recognize something. Look now. She says, this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. She made a decision. She had, she had the, the discernment to recognize that this was the presence of God that was there, that this was the Lord, that, that yes, it was a man, but don't look at it like that. Look at it from a spiritual point of view. She recognized that the presence of God was there and she wanted it. She, she, was, she recognized it and, and there were many people in the city, but she's the one who recognizes it. And in verse number 10, it says this, Please let us make a small, please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And so it will be whenever he comes to us that he can turn in there. Listen, she saw this man. She saw the prophet. And as he came, she said, listen, I recognize something about him that's different. And she said to her husband, listen, we need to change our house. Ooh. We need to change some things 
Because the presence of God must come here. The presence of God must dwell in this place. When He comes around town, this is the house He needs to stop at. We need to make a room for Him. We need to make place for Him in our house. We need to make place for Him in our hearts. If there's some stuff that needs to be changed, I'm gonna change it. That's what she said. She said, let us make a small upper room on the wall. Let us put a bed for him there, a table and chair and lampstand. And you know the rest. Verse number 11. And it happened one day that he came by there and he turned in to the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, this is the prophet now, Elisha, his servant. He said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. Now watch, what can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? This is so powerful, guys, because this woman made a decision to make a place, to make a change in her life, to accommodate the presence of God. When you accommodate or when you are desperate for the presence of God, you must understand that when you do that, God is going to do the supernatural in your life. There are promises and things that you as a believer, many of you have given up on things because you think it's impossible for God to do them. But you see, this woman didn't even realize. She just wanted the presence of God by her. She just recognized that this man represented the presence of God. He was the man of God. He carried the presence and she wanted it near her home. She wanted her home to be blessed. But while she was doing it, you see, what happens is through the prophet, the Lord then wants to bless her. He wants to bless her. So he says to her, listen, what do you want? What do you need? Because you need to be blessed. You see, you have been someone that has believed or trusted or desired the presence of God and God will always respond to those who desire His presence. I really hope, I cannot, you have to just stay with me. Okay, I have to keep going. Is that okay? So she says, what do you want me to do for you? Now watch. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And so he said to her, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. Listen, I want to ask you a question. If God had to come to you right now and say to you, what do you want me to do for you? I hope you have your list ready. I hope you are in an expectant posture. I hope you still believe that God can do that one thing that you think is impossible for Him. I hope that you still have some. You see, she answered incorrectly. She said, oh, I dwell amongst my own people. In other words, listen, I have everything. I have everything. And, and she doesn't realize that there's actually something on the inside of her. There's something on the inside of her that she's always wanted. But she doesn't realize that 
what she's done by inviting the presence of God, by inviting the supernatural of God into her life, that actually even that that she thinks is completely impossible is now able to, hap- is to take place, is now able to happen. Oh, surely there's one person in this room this evening. Surely there's one person watching online tonight that says, listen, I'm inviting the presence of God into my house. I'm inviting the presence of God into my life. I desire, Lord, you know my heart, God. You know my desires, Lord. I bring them before you. Not my will, but your will be done. But I believe that you are the God of the impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the servant says, well, actually, there is this one thing. She has no son and her husband is old. Listen, that's a bad situation. And verse 15 says, and so he called her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Now watch. And she said, no my, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. Why? Because she thought it was impossible. You see, many of us will even go to a place where we believe the presence of God is. But we have gotten to a place where we just don't expect Him to do something supernatural. Well, you know, I'm so grateful that he did it for that person, but he's probably not going to do it for me. Or, you know, I prayed about it, but I didn't really have a miracle last time. Or God didn't really come through for me that time, you know. You know? You know. Many of us are like that. And she says, listen, this is so impossible. And, And she doesn't want to be disappointed she, she doesn't want to be let down. Are you with me? But, but she's, she's overwhelmed and she can't imagine that this is even possible. Many of us are like that. Many of us are like are exactly the same. We, we just, we're not in a posture to really receive some, some kind of true breakthrough, some kind of true miracle. Maybe it's in your physical body. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it is, listen, we are in a season of miracles right now. Let me tell you, we are in a season of breakthrough right now. You don't have to believe it, brother. I believe it. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the Lord that I serve is a God of breakthrough. He's a God of healing. He's a God of deliverance. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing is impossible for Him. I want to say that again. Maybe the people on this side will receive it. Nothing. Come on, I said nothing. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Oh, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. I want you to put yourself in her position. Her husband can't have a child. He's too old. She's forgotten her dream. She's forgotten what she desires. She's written it off. But I want you to know that if you pursue the presence of God, that the impossible is still possible for you. 
Verse 17. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Everyone look at me. Don't look at the screen. Can you imagine? One year later, she has her child. And everything is going well and he's growing up. And the thing that she desired probably more than anything, that she loved more than anything, was right there in front of her growing up. Now watch. And the child grew. And now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon. Now watch. And then died. The child that was the promise, when he was a little bit older, was in the field, outside with the workers probably. And he began to get ill and they took him to his mother and he was with his mother. And while he was with his mother, suddenly he fell down dead. Can you guys, can you imagine? This is, this is so awful. Are you with me? Now watch. Because there's such a powerful lesson here. Immediately, as soon as this has happened, watch what she does. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. What did she do? The little room that she had created for the prophet, for the presence of God. Instead of staying in that state, she took her son and took him straight to the presence of God. She put him there. She knew exactly what she wanted to do. She went and put him on that bed. She put him in the presence. Are you with me? She comes downstairs. Let's go. Let's read it. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. She took the child to the presence of God. Now remember, before the child was born, she said, this is impossible. This can't happen. Don't lie to me. Are you with me? But now she recognizes that the man that was with her, that the presence of God that was there was able to give her a miracle once. Oh, come on, man. Sheesh, guys, come on. Now things are much worse than they were in the beginning. The promise has completely died. But instead of mourning and staying in that place and just thinking about the days that have gone by and that one time where we had a little bit of revival, it was really nice, but God surely won't do it again. Or maybe He gave you a breakthrough once before, but not again. What she did was she said, no, I'm going to put Him in the presence of God. She said, now all I have to do is get back to the presence of God. All I have to do is get back into His presence. All I've got to get to is get back to Him. I've got to get back to it. Because I know in that place, in that place of the presence, that's where the power is. That's why Paul said, do not put your faith in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Because when you put your faith in the power of God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Come on. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Come on, say something. Come on, say it. 
Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for my God. Come on, give him a shout. Give him a shout. Nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for him. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on the promise. Get back to the presence. Get back to his presence. There's nothing more valuable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I couldn't wait for tonight. Let me tell you. This morning while I was praying and seeking God, I had this word in me and I was like, man, I can't wait for church tonight because I know impossible things are going to happen this evening. Breakthrough is going to happen this evening. Someone's going to get delivered this evening. Someone's going to get a miracle tonight because for one, oh, hallelujah. the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said to the husband, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. In other words, you should only go there at holy times. <laughs> you know, we only worry about the presence of God on Sundays. And some of you for about two months at the beginning of the year, Easter and Christmas. Oh, you know it's true. Watch her answer. He says, Why are you do why where are you going? And she says, It is well. It is well. She is completely. She has set her heart. She has set her mind. She remembers how the impossible took place once because of the presence. And she was going to let nothing stand in her way. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And so it was when the man of God saw her far off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? I could, stop, I could preach a sermon right there. We could spend the rest of the night there but because I really want to, but no. Okay, and she's... And so... And so she answered, watch, when Gehazi goes to her, she answers, it is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi, the, the servant, the, 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 his, his right hand, came near to push her away. So she's come to the, she's told everybody, listen, my, everything is well, everything is good. But when she saw the presence, when she saw the man of God, when she recognized that there's the presence, all she did was fall down at his feet. All she did was collapse at his presence. Are you with me? Now watch. Man, this is so good. <laughs> but the man of God said, Gehazi's trying to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone. For her soul is in deep distress. 
and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, watch, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, watch, he doesn't even answer. He said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and, and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of your child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I just need one person to get this tonight. I only need one, just one. I don't really care where you are. I'm hoping you're in the back. Amen. For many reasons, okay. As my soul lives, as the Lord lives, listen. Send the servant, send my staff. And she says, listen here, I'm not, I'm not leaving you. It, it doesn't matter what happens right now, but all I'm doing is I'm staying with you. You said I would have a son. It happened. I'm not leaving you. She stayed with him. Listen, when? You see, that's why. How can you? You must desire the presence of God. You must be in a place where the presence of God is. You must be a carrier of the presence of God in order for you to enter into the supernatural things of God. And let me tell you, they are very real. I've seen so many amazing miracles from broken hearts to deliverances to supernatural healings to families being restored to children being saved to all kinds I've seen miracle after miracle and sometimes I sit and go oh God I just want to see one big miracle I've seen so many I've seen so many but it's so easy to forget why? because the enemy will do whatever he can to get you out of the presence of God but I'm here to tell you this evening that those of you in this place that make a decision to make the presence of God your priority, to make a place for Him in your house. Even those things that the enemy will try and take away from you, God is able to restore. God is able to heal. God is able to still do. Even those things that seem completely impossible, my God is able. I'm really not supposed to shout, so I'm trying hard not to do that. But it's so difficult, you know. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And so he rose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The, ch the, the child has not awakened. And when Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his face and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. You see, sometimes 
things that seem a little uncomfortable will take place. Please, I'm not saying that you must go and lie on someone and put your face on them. And please, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone. But because she believed the way that she did, the, the, the life entered into that child again. Isn't that powerful? The Bible says that he became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Why? Because it all started with a woman that recognized the presence. Listen here. Our sermons might not be the best, but as long as the presence is here, we might not have all the bells and whistles and all the best of everything and the best group and the cleverest this and the nicest that and the best production and the best play and the best this and the best that. But as long as we have the presence, that's why. why no matter what that's what I go after no matter what if, uh, that's why we just keep pursuing his presence we just keep you see I can do nothing for you but he can do anything for you but you must be someone that desires his presence And when you recognize it and enter into it, anything is possible. Can I share one more little scripture with you? I know it's been a little bit longer than normal, but this is so important because we're moving towards the Holy Spirit Fire Conference and I want the congregation to be so hungry for the presence when the Holy Spirit Fire Conference comes. You would think that that's enough of that story, but actually that's only where it begins to get really interesting. Watch this now. A few years later, the prophet goes back to that house where the presence of God is, right? In 2 Kings 8 verse number 1, it says, Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So he says to her, listen, there's a famine and there's some calamity coming to the land. He says, listen, you must listen to me because, you know, this is about to happen. He says, arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. She doesn't do this. She doesn't go... Don't lie to me. Are you deceiving me again? She's a wealthy, well-established woman. The, the word of the Lord comes to her and what she does is immediately she obeys. So the woman arose and did according 
to the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines for seven years. She went and lived in the land of her enemies for seven years. It came to pass at the end of the seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi. So Gehazi was there at the king, with the king. This was Elisha's servant that was no longer with him, but now with this king. Then the king talked with Gehazi the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me please all the great things Elisha has done. And now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was a woman whose son he had restored appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my Lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the fields from the day that she left the land until now. Why? Because she placed the highest value on the presence of God. She placed the highest value on being obedient to the voice of God. She placed the highest value on following God. And even when things went wrong and she lost her home and she lost her land and she lost her wealth from the land, God made a way for it all to be restored. Everything she lost was restored. Why? Because our God is able. He is able. Come on, rise to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. If you can't stand, that's okay. But if you can, stand to your feet. Come on, raise your hands for just a moment. Father, tonight in this place, we acknowledge you, God. We place our highest value on your presence, Lord. For surely it's in your presence that there is fullness of joy. We honor you. We love you, Lord. And there's people in this place, God, from all different walks of life, from all different places and watching online as well. Father, I pray right now that you would do what you did with those two that walked on the road to Emmaus. Father, like they said, did our hearts not burn within us when he opened up the scriptures to us? I pray, God, that this evening in this place, that every person under the sound of my voice, that their hearts are burning, God. Holy Spirit, no one can draw us except for you. So I ask right now that you would draw each person in this place. Draw them into a deeper walk with you, Lord. Father, do not let them be satisfied with the mundane, the same old, same old. But Lord, I pray that you would cause them to be a people that would always have a desire for more of you. More of your presence. More of your love. Just you, Lord. This woman, God, when it all went wrong, she knew the only way that she could be saved, the only thing that would, would restore her miracle was the presence. 
I pray this morning for every person in this place, God. Draw them to yourself, Lord. Your presence is here, God. We are so grateful to you. We honor you, Lord. We honor your word. And we love your presence. We love you, Holy Spirit. You are so welcome in this place. In my family. In the congregation. In everything we do. Businesses, Father, families. Everything, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, that you would lead us, that you would teach us, that you would guide us, that you would show us things to come as we enter into the season of the Holy Spirit Fire Conference, the season of fasting. Give the church strength, Lord, to overcome. Give them strength to see it through, Father. But this evening in this place, I pray especially for those that desire, God, an encounter with your presence. Hallelujah. 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 Right there where you are, just invite me and just say, Lord, I desire your presence. I desire to draw closer to you. Right there. I'm not going to call you to the front. Just right there where you are. Just say, Lord, I desire you. I desire you. I desire your presence. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, Lord. Yes. Sing, when I come into your presence. You i
Aleluya. Aleluya. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. 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 You can take a seat for just a moment. Amen. We are, it's a new year. Many of you guys are fasting and praying and seeking God. It's a time and it's a season for breakthrough. You heard the word this evening. Now you must begin to pursue it. Pursue His presence. You cannot believe how many testimonies we have received from that Saturday night service of children coming back to God. The amount of emails and testimonies that we've started receiving, people that have come up to me that have begun to share incredible things, children that have not spoken to family members for years, years, years. I don't even know how many years, 10 years, some of them. Long time, incredible miracles. Just pursue His presence, guys. I could lay hands on all of you, but you, you, must, you, must, you must be hungry. You must be ready. Amen. The Holy Spirit Fire Conference is coming. Get your heart ready. Get your heart ready. Get the junk out. Amen. If you want to know what to, you must do to be saved, be here tomorrow morning. Amen. Amen. Are you guys okay? Amen. Okay. All right. Let's raise our hands. Father, we love you. We honor you. I pray, God, that your word tonight would put a, would, it, would ignite, reignite fires, would, would set our hearts ablaze, God, that we would get into, into an even greater posture of desiring more of you. Holy Spirit, like that Shunammite woman, let us be a people that prepare our, our homes, our lives for the presence of God. Let us be pursuers of your presence and let us never underestimate, become familiar or take for granted your presence, Lord. You, Holy Spirit, we will never take you for granted. We love you. We cherish you. We value you. Manifest, God in homes, in families, with children and marriages, God. Have your way, Lord. We honor you. We've, we love you. We cherish you, Lord. Forgive us for the times we have neglected or taken you for granted. Forgive us for the times that we have grieved you, Holy Spirit, that we have quenched you. Forgive us, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just manifest. Come into this place over the next few months. Lord, set this place up for revival. Set our community up for revival, God. This city, this community, this county, even the state, Father. Move powerfully, God. Have your way, Lord. Let us be a people that are expectant, that are, are expectant for more of you, God. We love you and value you with all of our hearts this evening in this place. Now I pray, Lord, all the glory and the honor and the praise goes to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.